Hey, Lawrence, do I have a story for you? Oh, boy. I got totally boned by a script. Oh, no. This has happened to me before. What happened? Well, I missed something. I was reading it, breaking it down, and I completely missed something important. It was just, you know, little blurb, I thought. But in the end, it totally fucked me. Oh, was it a chariot race? (laughs) <laughs> what? Do you not know this term? <laughs> yes. No. Cherry Race. It's from Ben-Hur. They were filming Ben-Hur and, and the huge climax of the movie was just one line in the script. Whoever broke it down just gave it a one eighth page marker and it was <laughs> then there's a chariot race. <laughs> that shit looked like it took three weeks yes, to it, film. Yes, and it did. Yes. <laughs> it was only scheduled for a couple hours in an afternoon because nobody really understood what was meant by a chariot race. Yeah, so um, that was improper breaking down improper. of said script, it says. <laughs> exactly, which is why we developed a course called The Art of Script Breakdowns. Yeah, the people have spoken. You guys wanted it, so we did it. Exactly. We did a thing. We did a thing. And not only is it just script breakdowns, yeah, okay, sounds simple, whatever. No, but this is from a producer's perspective. Because, you know, a lot of times you can get a little lazy and just give the script, read it over and you think, okay, I got it. Give it out to your department heads and let them kind of deal with it. But if you're not breaking down the script before you give it to your department heads, you might miss the freaking chariot race. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely said, hey, production designer, could you take a look at this and let me know what you think without reading it first or looking at it from art department's perspective, right? So really, when you break down a script, You need to be looking at it from each department. So we walk you through exactly how to do that. Right. And we teach you what to look out for from things like time of day. What if you had a minor in every single shot of the script? How are you going to do that? (laughs) And they're they're supposed to be six years old. What are you going to do? Like, Yeah. And only one day of filming. Guess what? (laughs) Guess what? You're in a little bit of trouble. So we put together a comprehensive course that focuses on efficiency, accuracy, clarity. It's a very nuanced approach that will ensure you that you can find and discover all the pitfalls that may occur during your pre-production. We also show you step-by-step how to take this knowledge and explain it to your director, your producer, Mm -hmm. your agency, everybody, so that we're all on the same page. Yeah. You can't just be, you know, freaking out because, oh, there's not enough time. There's not enough money. You need to do the work, break it down, show people why things aren't adding up so you can all be on the same page and solve those problems together before they become costly mistakes. Please sign up now, learn a few things, laugh a little, have a cocktail. Yeah, make yourself a drink and we'll dive into it and show you all of our tips and tricks. Just go to our website, producershappyhour.com, or click the link in the show notes to sign up. Yes, do so now because it's on sale for a very good price until May 5th. Hey, Christian, you know New York so well. Mm -hmm. You've been working there for so long. Let's say a client comes to you with a script Uh and they want to film on the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, good Lord. So there was a time in my career that I would have said, great, no thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Or um, that in night shoots. Like there was a point where I got to in my career, I was like, oh, I don't have to do night shoots anymore. (laughs) Yeah, no thank you. (laughs) Because... So, and then it was like, oh, uh, we get a call like, um, we're, we want to shut down the Manhattan Bridge to do driving shots. And like, okay, well, um, let me give you the name <laughs> of some people who are really into that. Because there was a point in my career, I was like stage jobs only. I think we yeah, all go through too. that kind of stuff, right? Oh, yeah. So my first suggestion would be to manage client expectations by mm. um, saying that you need time. 
You have yes. got to be like that. That, yeah. that shit doesn't happen overnight. You can't just call the mayor's office or permitting office and say, "Hey, would would we be able to do this like next week?" Like, no. And then also you're, you need to have like a location manager who is dialed in, not only has been doing it for a while, but has great relationships at the mayor's office, has done it before, obviously, yeah. but can also recommend when you did do it, who was your teamsters, who was like, so yeah. that you can get just a yeah, better yeah. idea and start discussing how this goes. Well, fortunately, today we have one of those expert location managers, a previous guest on this podcast, John Marr. Yeah. We're going to chat about large-scale shoots, like shoot, shutting down the bridge Hello. or filming on the bridge and filming in Times Square, because there's a lot of lessons in here for everybody. Exactly. So grab a drink and stick around. Welcome to the Producers Happy Hour with your hosts, Sister Christian and Lawrence Lewis. We're two producers with over 20 years of experience each, chatting over drinks about what it means and what it takes to be a good producer. Join us for insightful interviews and informative show topics that will help you get through your toughest jobs, biggest production challenges, and most difficult clients. So grab a drink. You're going to need it. And let's get to it. Because making shit is hard. Christian, how are you doing today? <laughs> You still, you can't get over the... I can't. I love the new song. It's just like I'm dancing through the whole thing. It's yeah. just fucking awesome. Um, I'm doing okay. Like, it's still early in the year. Just trying to shake off, uh, you know, last year still. So, yeah. yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. It's definitely busy. I've got my hands in a lot of different projects, none of which I can talk about. I'm probably going out of the country for uh, some filming. Mm -hmm. You know, that means not only do you have to make sure you're buttoned up on your job, you also kind of have to get your life in order. Ugh, to leave, it's to one leave or the country. other. I don't know what right. you're talking about. I know, I know. But you got to at least <laughs> plan a couple of things and get a couple of things ready for you to, to leave. I'm very thankful that I have such a great partner who can hold down yes. the fort while I'm gone. Yeah, so it does, it does help. Partners. Yes. yes. All right. Look, sometimes on these jobs, you know, we can have a gargantuan task put in front of us and... It can be exciting, it can be energizing, but sometimes it can be a little intimidating. But like with most big tasks, what's that saying? How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? <laughs> Sounds disgusting, but uh, don't eat elephants, people. <laughs> Break <Like> it down. <laughs> Delicious. Break it down in a series of small steps. Exactly. Like if you can break it down to a small one small task at a time, it's not so intimidating. Right. And asking people who have been down the road before for some advice, secret tips or even, you know, some production hacks that will help you figure it out as you go. So today we're talking with a New York based location manager, John Marr, a longtime friend about how to shut down Times Square or, you know, film on a bridge. Yeah. Just big scale yeah. stuff. And exactly. all the steps in between that are all applicable to every job. And, you know, spoiler alert, be detail oriented. We have plenty of time and plan the shit out of it, right? John's actually on set today. So he's going to pop in because he's For only lunch. got, yeah, during his lunch break. Um, but, Sister Christian, are you enjoying a, a drink today for happy hour? Yes, I am having a good old Coors Light. Aha, one mm -hmm. of your favorites. Yeah, because I, to, today's schedule is I'm a little time crunch, so I didn't have time to mix something up. What Today are you having? Is not the day. In honor of New York, I'm having a New York lemonade. Ooh. Which I've never had before. Oh, I love Grand Marnier, so. Yeah, it's <laughs> you Grand got my Marnier. Yes, loving that shit. <laughs> uh huh. One ounce of that, two ounces of vodka, citrus, if you have it. If not, I'm sure regular vodka is going to do the trick. An ounce of club soda, 
and two ounces of fresh lemon juice. If you've got some fresh lemons, you know, garnish it up. Yeah, it's a stir drink and it's delicious. It so sounds cheers. delicious. I would love one as well. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll be making that this weekend. Um, but first, we cover a lot of topics on these episodes and there are often external sources of information that go into detail on the things we chat about. And we share those links in our listeners' <gasps> newsletter. Oh, you don't say. Um, we also <laughs> share some important industry news as well, because as we always say, our industry is always changing. And these things are important to keep up on, dear listener. You need to stay up to date on everything yeah. that's going on in the business. So if you're loving the show and who isn't, and of course, everything we chat about, then head over to ProducersHappyHour.com or click the link in our show notes to sign up for the listener's newsletter. And do us a favor. Once you get the first newsletter, Write us back and let us know what you thought. How can we improve it? Do you like it? Tell us because your feedback is only going to make this show and everything we do better. So John Marr, he has been working as a location manager for 25 years plus, primarily in commercials, but also on feature films, including Spike Lee's American Utopia, Todd Field's Tar, wow. which I loved, yeah. Zach Braff's A Good Person, and Jack Houston's Day of the Fight. Over the years, he's worked on award-winning spots with top directors, including Henry Alex Rubin, Catherine Bigelow, David Fincher, Randy Crawlman, James Gray, about so many others, it looks like. Please welcome John Marr to the show. John, thank you very much for uh, joining us today. You're welcome. Good to be with you guys. Yeah, like we're so excited because um, I know that we wanted to discuss some really important things that maybe not, even if you've had a lot of experience filming in New York, you may not have done something big like shutting down Times Square or, you know, filming on, you know, helicopter shots for the Manhattan Bridge. Like, so we wanted to discuss a little bit, you know, like what that process is. Sure. Well, as far as the the bridges go, I know that you guys are asking about the Brooklyn Bridge specifically. Anytime you're going to go through the bridges, first call is going to always be to the uh, movie TV unit and then to the, the DOT. There's a bridges and tunnels contact. Lately, I will say that the Brooklyn Bridge itself has not been allowing filming for a while. I'm not sure if that's changed recently, but they've been doing a lot of work on it. It hasn't been available for probably two years, although, like I said, it's supposed to come back online. The Manhattan Bridge and the Williamsburg Bridge, are, they'll, they'll usually, t you know, the movie TV unit mm -hmm. will usually direct you to the, the Manhattan Bridge. And, and usually when we're doing those bridges, they want to have some kind of ultimate arm or some kind of thing like that, where the Brooklyn Bridge does have a low clearance. There's these metal kind of rafters that mm -hmm. run across the whole traffic deck. So they'll pretty much steer you over to one of the other bridges. And, and usually, like I said, it is the, uh, the Manhattan Bridge. One thing I will say is when you start the process, it can get a little, a little convoluted because you'll deal with the traffic, you know, with the um, movie TV unit. They'll approve stuff. And then, then you go to the permit process with the mayor's office. Uh -huh. And oddly enough, the, your, your contact, whoever your coordinator is at the mayor's office, has the final say, which I've always found a little absurd that Hello. you go and you drive this thing with the, the movie TV unit and then the coordinator who's <laughs> in the office We'll say, oh, no, no, you, you can't do that. It's like, well, the sergeant and the lieutenant said said we could. Um, <laughs> and and that that's happened to all of us right. at, at one point or another. Well, 
Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Another thing I'll say is, which is really important, that's also gotten many of a, a location manager is read your permit once you get it back. Oh. Because often taco, oh, I shouldn't say mm. often, I don't want to be, I want to be cruel, <laughs> but they, they will change your permit and not say, oh, by the way, your ultimate arm request is approved but it has to be locked at all times. Locked. Basically, the, basically the arm has to be locked in, in a locked position at all right. times, which basically means you've just wasted your money on an <laughs> ultimate arm because now it's not an ultimate arm, it's a process trail. Uh, right. uh, if you don't read the permit once you get it back, and I have had that happen, as have other location managers, where you put it in and you have your meetings and you think everything is great, and then on the day you hand it to your to the sergeant and he reads it and says, talking about you guys can't swing that arm out or you know up or oh out gosh. or what have you. You um, so you do need to def definitely double check that. And, you know, when you're scouting with the sergeant or lieutenant, whoever you make your scout with, you, usually it's one of the sergeants, um, you, you can get them to send you an email and say, hey, we've scouted this and, you know, X, Y, and Z are approved. That, that uh, can help also. Pro uh, tip. <laughs> so th yeah, that's interesting. You say you know, these are the things that, you know, we're having this conversation about this, you know, a, a big, large-scale project, right? And some of our listeners, this might not apply to them, but all these lessons do apply to them, even if they're just permitting a residential street. So, you know, read the permit, get confirmation over email about things you've discussed. Let's set the stage a little. And, you know, if the project comes to you and they want to shoot helicopter shots on them or you shoot on the Manhattan Bridge or any of the bridges or shut down Times Square, what kind of lead time should they be looking at? You're, yeah, you're going to want to start two weeks out, always a Sunday when you're doing your bid. When you're doing a driving shot, and especially uh -huh. on the bridges, it's not going to be a Saturday. It's going to be a Sunday morning unless it's a night shoot. If it's a night shoot, you may be able to do it late on a weeknight, but ninety most of the time they're going to want you to do it on a Sunday. And again, oh, again, unless it's a night shoot, they may give you a little leeway, but a lot of times producers, you know, I'll get a call and they'll say, well, we, you know, we're going to schedule this for Saturday, Sunday. And it's, I know like with, I guess with 52, I think Sunday is, is a more expensive day than a Saturday, but definitely, definitely if it's a driving shot of any kind, bridges, streets, what have you, unless it's a simple, like, you know, somebody's coming out of an apartment and getting in a taxi and you can roll it up in a curb lane. But if it's a car job right. or anything like that, you definitely need to bid it for a Sunday. Yeah, those things are important to look up. You can't just right. willy-nilly shut down a bridge or something no. big like that in the middle of the week during rush hour yeah. traffic. Yeah. Are there costs or fees involved in this? Not no? really. It's That's the one beautiful thing about yeah. shooting in New York City is they, they do make it uh, affordable. You know, depending on what you're doing, t typically most car jobs, you can do with the movie TV unit. You, you, you know, you might have to add traffic agents if you're going to, if you're going to do a really long drive, like a car commercial, and you want to go like from 60th Street to the bottom of the FDR, you're going to want to book some traffic agents. They're pretty reasonable. They used to have um, a minimum of like eight of them. There used to be a high minimum. Now there's no, in other words, you can hire two officers or three or four or five. You can, there's no, it used to be one supervisor plus four was the minimum. Um, they've changed that now. You can just pretty much hire what you need. Another producer note I'll give you is the the posted rate that they'll tell you is usually about $30 an hour, and they vary depending on their seniority for traffic agents, but their fringe is like 80%. So you oh, might wow. get told you're getting your dude at 30 an hour, but that dude's going to cost you 80 an hour. Oh, interesting. Their fringe is really high for the, for the movie, for the, um, 
traffic agents. And these, again, there's there's two different units. You're dealing with the movie TV unit, which is free, and you'll get an officer free. But then if you have uh-huh. to close multiple exits, or you're going to run through specific intersections, then you'll need your traffic agents. And wow. those are the guys that, you know, you, if you ask them what the rate is and they say 30, beware. Okay. When thinking of the of shooting on the bridge, what kind of personnel do you think you require? I know we're just talking about officers, but do we, do you need extra PAs, extra hands, extra people? What's the right? Typically not, because depending on how they're doing it, I mean, say sometimes it's a helicopter, and then you just need a blocking car, and mm-hmm. usually they're, they're not going to block both directions. So you're you're shooting on the outbound deck, and your your TCD officer will just come up and just you know cut across at a diagonal, hold traffic. Your picture car will go. The helicopter will do its thing, cut, release, and go. You know, you, you don't want PAs. You don't want anyone else on the ground that yeah, cuts you, handle yeah. all of that. Um, yeah. If you're going to follow it with the process trailer and ultimate arm, pretty much the same thing, particularly on a bridge where they usually maybe you might want to add a, a traffic agent. But usually, I mean, I've done it with just one officer and he holds the holds the lane and you go. Of course, like I said earlier, if it's if you're doing FDR or side streets and occasionally something that they will ask you to get. And it, this is more of like if you're shooting on city streets, there's something that they have in New York, New York now called flaggers. Flaggers is uh, something they've been doing the last uh, number of years where the city is training, typically p- people that live in the city or have gone to city schools as a foot into the industry. And they'll take mm. this class and they basically act like traffic agents. They have their little like stop signs and, and their highway mm-hmm. vest. And they'll assist you. And sometimes when you do your scout, the sergeant will say, yeah, hire, like, hire some flaggers as opposed to traffic agents. And flaggers are basically like entry-level PA types that, are, again, are getting a leg up into the business. I've used them for like driving shots like in Soho where you're just like, you know, you're not on a highway and traveling fast or doing anything that could be stunt, stunt or stunt-like or whatever. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. and maybe you said this and I missed it. How many flaggers, how many officers do you think you need? They'll usually tell you, but if you're doing like a spot and it's just like one of these sort of like New York moments where the where there's like a, a crossing guard cop in the street as a background, like doing its thing. And there's like background talent. You might like take one traffic agent and like four or five flaggers. I mean, flaggers work at a PA rate. They get a little bit more. They get like a $25 mm-hmm. bump for their, their sign and their flag or whatever. But <laughs> they get a little kit um, rental. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get a kit and they ask for it. It's like, it's not unlike a, like a fire marshal. Hey, Christian, why are locations always such a hassle in our jobs? I have a quick story for you, Lawrence, to to explain why. Bring it on. I get all kinds of jobs, and sometimes there are celebrity interviews where the celeb may live in another market that isn't New York or L.A., Mm. so I have to find a location near their home because it's just an interview. Nobody's paying for a scout for that stuff. So I use a lot of those marketplaces, but that can be a huge time suck. Oh, God. I do a lot of experiential, and I'm typically on way before I have a budget to bring on a scout. And I got to do a lot of pre-research on locations. Yeah, I've used those marketplaces too, but there's like a million steps between seeing a listing on one of those marketplaces, loving it, actually seeing it in person and then securing it. It, it. It's just such a time suck. Yes. And I can speak from experience because that's where our friends from Ave come in. Yes, Ave is the first nationwide location scouting company. Not only do they have a marketplace where you can just, you know, look at options for yourself, they have a concierge service where they access a private network of locations all over the country. 
it saves you so much time and money and it helps you find the right location for wherever you need to shoot. Exactly. So I just went on their site. I filled out a simple, quick form. I was paired with an amazing location producer. And then I received a curated report with multiple location options for my project. From there, they handled everything, including scheduling the walkthroughs, even on a Sunday morning at 9 a.m., to negotiating the location agreement. And I didn't need a permit, but they actually offer that service, too. And the most amazing thing about them is that there are no upfront costs. They only get paid if you book the location that they found, which is like so crazy. Save time, money, and your sanity by adding Ave to your producer's toolbox. Just visit Ave at Ave.com. That's A-double-V-A-Y.com. Is there ever a situation where you would approach the city with an idea to shoot on the bridge and you go through a little bit of the process and they come back and they deny your permit? If you do your homework, that shouldn't happen. It can, of course, like anything else. It's not over till it's over until you're mm-hmm. rolling film. But typically you'll find out like when you contact the bridges and tunnels, the, the DOT uh, bridges contact and you ask that person in advance, you'll know what bridges are either have yeah. construction work going on or off limits uh, right. in advance. I mean, stuff happens. We know that in this business. I've not had it happen where we're trying to shoot in a bridge and they say you can't have Mm -hmm. the bridge. I have had it, like I said earlier, where they say, well, now there's a problem with the ultimate arm or this this particular piece of equipment. Aspects Um, of the shoot, yeah. Aspects Mm -hmm. of it. But I've never had it where it's like we're walking down the garden path and all of a sudden the day before we find out we can't have it. So can you speak a little bit to insurance requirements? Because I know that that's, you know, usually quite large. Not really. I mean, mm-hmm. I usually don't. I mean, it's, it's, there's nothing extra for it. It's not like a subway, right. <laughs> like a railroad insurance thing. It's, it's usually just Wait, what was her name? your permit with the city and, and you're good to go. Oh, uh, the subway woman. Yeah. Albertine. <laughs> Albertine. Albertine. Yes. <laughs> I read your notes on what I'm supposed to say and not say. So we're just. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but so like in in new york like there would be one person that you would deal with for one particular thing but this may cause some people ptsd but there was a sag rep named maxine who would come and you see john's even nodding he's like yeah i know yeah. i'm locations and i know that yep. sag rep I and um yeah. so albertine was yep. just who you would deal with when you needed to discuss insurance when you were filming on a subway so yeah she was pretty famous <laughs> So, yeah, I know. So nothing special needed, just your typical, like, uh, whatever coverage you no, have. No, your regular mm-hmm. stuff. I, mean, I, I have no idea what goes on when they shoot helicopters. I never, I mean, to me, that's just like. Right. Oh, no, no. Helicopters are different. Just like, is is there anything special needed to actually film on a bridge with a car? So the, the city doesn't require special insurance for that, it sounds like. No. Okay. Cool. So I want to kind of take the same approach to shutting down Times Square because all this information, even though, you know, our listeners may not be doing these type of jobs. Absolutely. It's all relevant, right? All these are great things to know about and be aware of. Flaggers I never heard of. So that's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. The, the fringes, finding yes. out what actually people, you know, cost that aren't your typical film crew. So Times Square, if someone wanted to shut that down, What's the time frame on that? How long do you need? In New York, pretty much t- two weeks should usually be able to get you going okay. for most things. You're saying mm. shut down Times Square. There's really no such thing as like shutting yeah. down mm, Times right. Square, like at all. That's like that's like when people say shut down streets. Everything is ITC. Yeah. Everything is, you know, 
if you want to control a, a large scene in Times Square, there's a couple of different ways to go about it. First thing is that there is the Times Square Alliance. Oh, oh the HOA of Yeah, yeah. It's like an HOA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, kind of. Yeah. I mean it's it's a it's a trend in New York and and I don't know if this is happening elsewhere in big cities in the country, but you know, the city has handed over some parks to conservancies. So things like Bryant Park, Hudson River Park, Brooklyn Bridge Park. Those are all mm-hmm. conservancies now. You have you have to pay to play. This isn't like going into Tompkins Square Park and doing a shoot or right. Stuyvesant Park or what have you. Mm-hmm. You pay these folks. They've done basically the same thing with Times Square. Oh, interesting. And what's what's happened with Times Square, and this, this goes back and will predate a lot of people in the biz, but before they paved over the, the bow tie, when it used to be, you know, you'd like halfway get run over trying to cross Times Square because of all the crossing mm-hmm. streets. Mm-hmm. There used to be a number of little squares, little triangles. Each one of them had a name. There's Military oh. Island, which a lot of people know. There was a little island, another little thing called Cabbage Patch <laughs> Island, which was just this mm-hmm. tiny little one that basically had a traffic lamp and a little dirt and stick thing that was, I guess, a dead plant at one point, usually beer cans. <laughs> and then there was another little island called Ugly Fence Island. That was just another long little island that ran kind of north and south and it had a particularly ugly fence on it. Those were all considered sidewalk. And when they paved over... Times Square and took the traffic lanes from DOT and converted them into pedestrian plazas, the DOT handed those plazas over to the Times Square Alliance. So if you're going to do, let's say, like a fashion beauty thing, and you're going to have like sun guns and handheld lights, and you're going to have your girl dazzling everybody, you could do that on Military Island, Mm -hmm. and you can get a little slice of that that's probably big enough for about 25 people. And that's pretty much free. The Times Square Alliance, oh, right. Alliance may ask for a donation, but it's not mm-hmm. a big one. And when you say not big, it's five to a thousand dollars, or not big like twenty five hundred. You could give them five hundred oh, okay, bucks cool. or whatever yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. They're not really going to bang right. you. Now, if you go with the bigger, you know, which I did this one a couple of times where we had like two hundred, four hundred background, and we wanted to create like Times Square like busy, mm-hmm. and then you're in one of these plazas. That's that's was street and is now under the control of the Times Square Alliance, you're going to pay, you're going to pay dearly. Um, it's about 75000 Jesus Christ. To shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like when you say pay so dearly, I'm like, oh, a- 25 <laughs> grand? <laughs> no. No. Maybe 15 years ago. <laughs> now, yeah, well, 15 years ago, it was exactly. right. Yeah. So it's their Times yeah. Square. Exactly. So they just, you know, that's Iconic. it. That's what you gotta got to do. It. They're negotiable. No, um, I mean, I've done large, large scale clients, huge thing. And I've paid. I've also done things that were a New York hospital or something like that. Montefiore or mm-hmm. name clients or whatever. But, you know, something where it's like we just want to put 25 people on. The, they have these big red steps now that people sit oh, yeah. on. We did that after midnight on a weekday and we didn't get clobbered too badly. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what we paid, but I know we didn't pay like 75000 at all. We paid nothing near that. Typically, if you're on a Cadillac or what right. have you, some mm-hmm. big thing, and they want a huge, big crowd in Times Square, it's right. going to cost you. Right. The city will want to, you, you can't just like bullshit the city and say like, oh, yeah, yeah, we spoke to them, whatever. You, you, they're they're going to want to see a right. copy of that mm-hmm. contract or what have you, your invoice from from the Times Square Alliance and make sure you're square with those guys, pay them up and they're in good shape. So then uh, what my assumption would also be that uh, time of day, so say you're sh- filming a you know, a Verizon commercial and they suggest that you come Sunday morning versus Thursday rush hour, that kind of thing, right? Yeah, almost every job, and I'm trying to think now, I don't think I've ever shot Times Square during the day. 
I mean, everybody wants it at mm. night because during the day, it just looks like, <laughs> like you dirty know, old New York. It just looks like wet cement. Yeah, it's just dirty and it's not bright. And it's Tourist, gross and you it's can't like exactly. yeah. no, you, you do it at night, and that's when the whole thing is just lit up, exactly. like daytime. You know, it's like so bright. Typically, it is night. I don't know that they would restrict you if you're smart and you think about it, you. You wouldn't want to do it on a Friday or Saturday no, night. Of you want to do it on a Monday or Tuesday, but they may or may not tell you you can or can't do it. But it, it would be your own common sense to try to figure it on a early week, you know, a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday kind of thing. Or like a superstar location manager to recommend which right. day. <laughs> I wonder exactly. where we'd find one of those. <laughs> but I mean, typically they wouldn't want to do it. Production no. would never want to do it on a Saturday no. night anyway, unless there was something really... <laughs> well, we really... wouldn't, but we, we've well, certainly yeah. been asked. Yeah. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. What, what's the issue with all of the proprietary images in Times Square? I mean, you know, obviously there's storefronts, so you would deal with those as you would any other situation. But like all of the characters that are walking around. I'll, I'll tell you my experiences, but what I always tell production is they got to call a, a entertainment attorney yeah, because I can't course, really address yeah. that from a legal standpoint. Mm, yeah, totally. But I've had it run the gamut of, you know, we, we on one large scale job, which is a very particular job, was very large scale. We hired this guy who was sort of the wizard of Times Square. He's, I can't remember the name of the company mm -hmm. he worked for, but Basically, he's got the remote control for all those neons in, in Times <laughs> oh, Square. We, we hired this shit. guy and we paid him a shitload That's of money. That's some power. Yeah, mm -hmm. and he turned out to be somewhat clownish and kind oh, of like half full of crap. Of because course. it was like, you know, we went through this whole thing of like scouting and re-scouting and, and looking at every single thing and writing down positioning of each thing and what which company owned it and all. And in the end, the clients were just like, you know what? We're just going to like deal with it all and edit. And just like use use effects so to blur stuff out or alter things. Yeah, or... but but you know, and again, I I don't like to get into too much of the weeds on this, but I believe no, I have also heard. Like I don't know how these guys did that, but they did it. We we were wide. We were changing the imagery. I've also heard that you can't really do that. that, that I don't know what these guys did. Cause I'm sure they did it the right way, but I have heard that uh -huh. you would need a contract to go and shoot like a Comcast billboard. That's a Budweiser sign, and then in your commercial, drop in a Verizon sign, whatever. Oh, you know, or, right. You know, right. Miller's sign, whatever. So I, I have mm -hmm. heard that, but that's something that I'm not really comfortable in getting too deep yeah, into. Just into legal because, stuff yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it gets really into legal. I definitely did a spot for one of the stock exchanges and, you know, had a camera on a set of sticks. We, we popped up there. And we filmed it, but we could only narrowly film that mm -hmm. particular building. And then it was a whole thing about the ticker and what time of day and such. So it is good to discuss exactly what you want the scene to have with your location manager so that yeah. we obviously um, you get that you're not wasting time up there for a grabbed shot for an hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Of where you can be. Sometimes yeah. even um, the shots are better if you are in a building across the way filming through a window. Because being on the street sometimes oh, can just be yeah. bad yeah. news. Yeah, and that, that's, yeah. I mean, there's only a handful of places that really works from now in Times Square. And they, yeah. we used one of them not long ago. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was too, too expensive. You know, this this stupid stuff gets expensive in Times Square, too, when you're like, I need to hold 150 background. Right. That's not going to be cheap in Times Square. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that, that, that was, I was going to ask pay. that. Are there any restrictions to equipment in Times Square? Can you have a crane or a techno crane or can yeah, you yeah. do? Okay. Absolutely. 
So it's just a matter of planning it out, prepping it, which I guess goes for every kind of situation. So to wrap it up, looking at both of these situations, what are the most important things about moving through this process of a large scale film shoot like this with the bridges? Giving yourself time, you know, giving yourself time and, um, you know, travel, you know, as much flexibility as possible, things like time of day and so Mm -hmm. on. And, you know, scheduling the day. Okay. It seems like uh, three weeks. The more time you have, the better. But, you know, a lot of times Mm -hmm. you start out and you don't even have all the answers when you're when you're in that. When you start that Uh far out, you can say, okay, it's going to be fine square. And then you find out, well, the DP wants this and then the client wants that. We can only have our celebrity talent this time of day or this time (laughs) of night. You know, we just always deal with and you just have to roll with that. It sounds like, too, that having a few suggestions, like here's the suggested scene, but we would be okay with A, B or C scenario of the scene. Well, actually, yeah. being flexible like I that. I haven't had that flexibility. I know, but what we like to do is explain right. how the best way to go about it would right. be, and then like it dissolves from there, right? Yeah, no, I usually get, no, 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 we, ha- we, can't, we can't do that. No, no, we right. have, he, he wants to do it at nine o'clock Friday night. Yeah, exactly. That's the only time we, the only time we get her. <laughs> yeah, and-, and we have to have an 18K like yeah, yeah. shining through something. Right. Like, yeah, you're just like, no. <laughs> music video. Hey, John, thank you so much for taking the time. I you're know you're very on welcome. a lunch break. Absolutely. Yes. And I see somebody coming up here, which might, yeah, uh, of course. might, be, yeah. might be your cue to get on back to, to the, your job. Yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Good, good to see you, Lawrence. Good to see you, Kristen. Yeah. Thank you, you for taking the time. You Absolutely. Thank you. Christian, that was amazing. I think we got a lot of really useful information that applies to kind of any job, really. Yeah. You know, like, obviously, as much information as you can, knowing that, you know, like long preps and thought out ideas don't happen (laughs) that far in advance. Uh However, the I think the key part for me uh, was to flexibility. So, having your location manager who you know and trust and the director Mm -hmm. and the DP and the producer all get together and discuss options versus saying like we just did, like we can only do this at this time of day here. Like, you know, you're going to be able to get more of what you want if you actually expand a little bit um, the flexibility around whatever it is that you want. Exactly. What you need and what you want may not be the same thing. Exactly. Right? <laughs> no, like there's always yeah. best case scenarios. <laughs> so plan, prepare, communicate. You know, here in LA, maybe in other places too, we have, we don't have conservancies. Like you said, we have HOAs, but we all have a BID, a BID, a business improvement uh-huh. district. And they kind of handle a lot of those popular so downtown, business as well. Yeah. Like if you're filming exactly. downtown LA. So you always mm-hmm. got to look out for those those uh, organizations as well and make sure you communicate with well, them. Well, that's it. I, I mentioned I HOA. Wizard of Times Square. Yeah. I well, Please. <laughs> mm. I mean, it's like the Wizard of Yankee Stadium when you used to be able to, like, I filmed oh. at Yankee Stadium before and the Wizard got 5K cash. <laughs> just to, for us to be able to walk on. So yeah, wizard. <laughs> we had a wizard of uh, Mammoth Mountain, I think. And yeah, yeah he was the one the one person uh-huh. that you could uh, could handle it. And, I know. Yeah, you just, uh, I remember that discussion somebody. I had with the HOP <laughs> and saying like, okay, so how oh. would you like for me to cover this $5,000 cash payment that mm. I just had to make in my PC? Just a chit. 
Well, get his social. <laughs> that man's not giving me his social. Ma'am, that man is not giving me his social security number. This is what you consider off the books. <laughs> Huge tangent. So I've had the same exact thing happen to me with Flava Flav. I had to give him five grand cash. Yeah. And get a chit or something because I wasn't going to get his social security number. That wasn't going to no happen. There's no way. I mean, like it's. The, no. I mean, like you talk about my music video days. I can certainly go down the road. Oh of, <laughs> yeah. Who got what cash wise? <laughs> if we want to yeah. do a whole episode on that. <laughs> That's a good one. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, John had to had to get back to work. But if you want to get a hold of John Marr for any of your location needs in New York, reach out to us. Producers Happy Hour at Gmail and sister, how do people get a hold of you? SisterChristianProduces.com. And Lawrence, if they want you, how do they get you? They can get me at LawrenceTLewis.com. Love it. Thanks, y'all. See you next week. Producers Happy Hour is brought to you with the help of the handsome Christopher Daniels, who is a design and branding specialist, and Brendan Russell at podlad.com, who is our fabulous editor. If you enjoy this podcast and want to dive deeper, subscribe to our listeners' newsletter. Simply go to producershappyhour.com to sign up. Thanks for listening, and remember, enjoy happy hour while you can. Because making shit is hard. Hard, hard, hard.